With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. Did you get a chance to go outside and test the emergency satellite stuff like I did in the freezing cold? Is it cold where you're at right now? Uh, it is cold, but okay. there is no emergency SOS via satellite. Oh, that's just right. Yet, yet. It's oh, coming right. next month, which is a lot sooner than we were actually expecting it because that's just a one-month turnaround. Normally, um, a lot of other countries outside the US have a long wait for a lot of these um, Apple features that are dependent on existing services. So that was really surprising. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I guess I wasn't keeping up on it enough because I wasn't expecting it to happen when it did. Actually, that's not true. I was expecting it to come soon i just wasn't expecting it to be like all right here it is uh you don't have to update your phone it's just gonna magically go live and it just randomly dropped on a what was it like a tuesday morning at like 8 a.m my time so that was that part was random i expected it to be within the next few weeks i just didn't know that it was going to be like right then and there it was very sudden it was it was kind of well coordinated because I, I suppose a lot of everyday people are not that interested in this feature um, in the sense that it's not going to convince the average buyer to upgrade their phone. So mm-hmm. if um, Apple's got one swing at making people interested in this, it was kind of good to do it all in one day. Um, and people could get their video videos out on it. There were loads of articles on it, um, some tutorials. Um, I- and of course, the feature actually rolling out on the same day. I do think a lot of people misconstrued, as myself included, what it originally was going to be like. Um, you know, the rumors leading up to the actual announcement. I think a lot of people thought that if you didn't have service, you could still send a text message to just like your friends or something. Yeah. Um, and like still make a phone call if you needed to to like your friends. Uh, let's say you're out in the town and you've got no cell service, you connect to that satellite and you can send a text saying, hey, I'm on my way or you know, I'm still good or whatever the case might be, which would actually be very helpful for everyday use. I think that would have gotten a lot of people to upgrade and would have been, you know, kind of exciting. But that's not what this is. This is for dire emergencies. If you are stuck in the middle of nowhere and you absolutely have no surrounding Wi-Fi network, no cell service nearby, um, then and only then will it attempt to connect to a satellite and I did do the demo. Um, I'm happy that Apple provided a demo because yes, I was sitting here thinking, how am I supposed? Should I call like my local 911, you know, local emergency services, and tell them, hey, I have to test this for my job. Um, can I give you a heads up that this isn't actually real? You know, how do I know where it goes to? I'm guessing it goes to the closest, you know facility nearby um but is that the people that i'm talking to and all that i just didn't want to like that's not a prank but i didn't want to like disrupt them with non-emergency non-emergency services but uh, i don't know so i'm glad that they had a demo and it does actually connect you to a satellite um and i got to do the whole you know like if i was back in the day where you're trying to find cell service and you're doing that thing where you, even though they say you can hold it normally, that wasn't the case. I really did need to like bring it up and move myself around. Um, and then, you know, I just kind of did like a, I wasn't expecting the conversation for me to like actually reply and say something. I thought it was just going to be a simulated conversation, but it did go yeah. through and do all of that. Uh, and that was really it. So it, it works well, well enough. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those features you kind of hope you're never going to need to use. Yeah. Um, like a lot of the health features on the Apple Watch. Um, it's or crash just something detection. It's is nice to know is in the background, yeah. Um, but it's it's nice that there's that demo feature because I think that just the curiosity of seeing how you go about that process is, is one thing. But it's also reassuring, especially people that are perhaps less uh, uh, technically um, confident to be able to go through that process um, and make sure that they understand it before they actually need to use it. 
let me tell you, I certainly could have used this feature back in high school. I, uh, um, if we want to get into a personal story time, I uh, was at a party, and uh, not to implicate myself, but you know, we might have been drinking some things that I shouldn't have been drinking when you were 18 years old. And uh, we had there's like a town here in the middle of uh, where I live that's like. It's in the middle of nowhere. There's really not a whole lot. It's a very Amish populated community. Um, and so there really isn't a lot of houses that have lights on because the Amish don't typically use electricity. Although some here are a little bit more modern and they will uh, if they need to. But where we were at was very traditional. And uh, uh, there was not a lot of houses in general. There wasn't anything. There was no cell service. And this was also in 2007. So. My cell phone was a flip phone, <laughs> it wasn't a smartphone. But it would have been really nice to be able to call someone because I went off with a friend um, through the woods and yeah, we didn't know where we were going and we uh, got lost and we walked around for hours trying to figure out where we were at. And uh, I mean, I was ready to sleep in, I was trying to knock on people's doors and like, I was trying to, I couldn't make a phone call. I couldn't call my friends. I couldn't get a hold. You know, we almost got a hold of somebody and then it died on us and just like, would have been nice to be able to call, not 911, but I guess 911 to be able to come find us and like take us back to this party or home or something. Uh, we, I like found a boat in someone's yard and I like laid in there because it was like three in the morning. <laughs> I didn't know what to do. Uh, so this would have been super helpful back then. So you kids now, don't do anything illegal. But, you know, if you find yourself in a situation where you're out in, in the middle of nowhere, at least you have this feature available if you have the new iPhone. So I feel like those sorts of situations are, are the more likely implementations where people are actually going to end yeah. up using <laughs> yeah. the feature. Not that many of us make make a habit of going up, you know, hiking in the mountains <laughs> late at night. Um, but, you know... It's nice to know it's it's there. I mean, for yeah. me, um, the situation in which I can see myself using it, um, although I hope I never have to, is for vehicle recovery because I notice there's that yeah. option um, in the menu, and I think that the the cell service over here in the UK um, on a lot of sort of long country roads is very very bad. There's just no cell service at all. So if you uh, if your if your vehicle breaks down, you're you're going to be in trouble, and I can. I uh, think that's the one situation when I might be really grateful for it one day. I could give you another real-world situation where this happened to me. Uh, I went to college in a school that was also in the middle of nowhere in southern Ohio. Um, and literally the entire town is just the college. And, like, the surrounding outskirts is just, like, you know, the 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 woods and some, like, smaller, hillsy, mountainy areas. And, like... Uh, the drive in you, for like the last 30 minutes, you don't have service. It just doesn't exist. Uh, and if you can get service, it's very minimal. And uh, I was driving in like right after Christmas break, going home or going back down to school, and I lost control of my car and it spun out and got into a pretty bad wreck off the side because it was still icy and uh, there was no one around. No one else was driving this way. I mean, I was thankfully okay, but like I had no idea where I was at. And I had to, I finally made a phone call to somebody I knew that was local in the area and that I could like get them to come find me. And they had an idea of where I could have been, but I couldn't tell them what road. It's again, 2010 at this point. Uh, I had a smartphone, but like it didn't have cell service or anything. Uh, I couldn't call, like I tried to call, you know, 911 to get some help and to get a tow truck or something. And they're like, well, where are you? And I, I'm like, I have no idea. I tried to walk down. It was a mess. So, again, another situation in which that would have really come in handy. Um, and that was the, the thing in the demo was, like, you know, people were yelling at me in the video or in the comments were, like, why are you saying you have a flat tire? Well, could you imagine having a flat tire in that certain situation where you have no idea where you're at? What are you going to do? Are you going to walk for 10 miles? What if your family's in the car? Like, it would just be very helpful. A flat tire can absolutely be an emergency when you have no way of getting help. So... You know, or if your car breaks down, you need someone to come help you out. And so, yeah, it is a cool feature that I hope no one ever has to use. And, you know, it is nice to see it in action, to know that it actually works. What were your feelings about Apple's unreleased MagSafe charger? Um, so that I, I, I looked at that a little bit. Um, that was the one that looks like, uh, what is it, like 
kind of like a duo, like an aluminum version of the the part of the duo where the Apple Watch charger kind of like like spits up yeah. a little bit. It's it's a weird hybrid of the old Lightning uh, dock that used to be able to buy for the iPhone in space gray, silver, whatever, to color match your your iPhone. The Apple Watch um, charging dock that's now been discontinued, where it kind of flips out, or as you say, on the MagSafe Duo, and it's kind of this weird uh, this weird hybrid of the two. But it's it's absolutely a completely believable accessory because it also kind of doesn't make a lot of sense. It. It's weird because, like, if that's all that it is, then you're right. It doesn't really make like a whole lot of sense. Um, but isn't isn't it called like the magic charging stand or something like that? Yes. Yeah. So, so it was it was going to be called the uh, just the the Apple Magic Charger. Yeah. So what's the magic thing? So that's where you know it kind of catches you in uh, in a typical Apple fashion, where you're like, okay, so what's magical about it? When I dock it, is it going to do something like special? and charge and set up something i don't know i'm trying to think about how how apple apple just apple uses these words like smart and magic even where they aren't necessarily smart uh, or magical applicable (laughs) marketing terms anymore so i suppose they would they would have argued had they come out with this device that compared to a normal wireless charger it aligns itself on the charger because of magsafe and you can flip it out to use it to watch content in landscape, um, which a normal wireless charger also can't do. But the thing that I just get so hung up on, and it's the same point and the same thing that irritates me about so many MagSafe charging implementations, and particularly Apple's ones, is there's no way this unreleased one could have been heavy enough to keep your device, um, uh, to allow your device to easily detach from it when picking up. And that's the same problem that you have with the MagSafe Duo and a lot of MagSafe chargers that just lie flat because well, you just pick up the charger with it. But the base is it's all aluminum, though. So you don't think that base has enough heft to it to where it would like – have you ever felt the – I don't think so because it, it's got a it's got like a, a ring cutout to allow the, yeah. the, um, the MagSafe uh, puck to – uh, hinge in and out, which means it's really only the the outer edge. And MagSafe is really strong um, now. That... When you, especially when you use an iPhone case, it is. I think that would be. Hef- I think that would be more than strong enough to pick it up. Have you ever used the Nomad charger? That's the sort of thing I would like to yeah. buy because I that know thing that will is resolve my, my issues. Yeah, that thing is like ten pounds easily. <laughs> like when it's That's on, what the... you need. That's it's not moving. Need. Yeah, it's um, not moving. And I feel like that's a sort of accessory that Apple should have come out with to say this is providing a better experience than normal wireless chargers because I actually think the ability to just pick your your phone up from a normal wireless charger is is just easier even if you have to align it more carefully. So obviously this is part of why they 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 didn't come out with it, but Apple can do better with its chargers. Well, is it is they it de- is it dead like a dead project or is this like a rumored upcoming thing? No, this this seems to be something that was in the works um, and was discontinued. It got to a development stage where they were experimenting with um, engineering validation, um, and there seemed to be a lot of these out in the wild in in Asia, um, where collectors are trying to get their hands on them and uh, you know replace the cabling and make them operational again. But it looks like it's it's not going ahead because it, I think that users would inevitably wonder why they were hinging their their phone up um when it actually just obstructs um obstructs being able to do that if it's in anything other than a perfect landscape orientation so it's a it's a it's a strange design um and i just sort of think it seems pretty lazy it's just it is a magsafe charger the and the old and the design of the old lightning dock um, was that I, showing for, was know, that showing my screen magic was that showing my screen yes, there? Yes, it was. <laughs> okay. I was trying yeah. to see if I could bring it up. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I like the look of it. I just, uh, you know, I, now that you brought up the weight concerns, and I mean, even if it moved a little bit, I would be okay with it if there was, like, an actual, you know, magic to it. Like, I'm thinking something along the lines of when it charges, it shows a nice animation, and then maybe it, like, kicks off a special new night side mode or something for your phone, or, you know, it it hits into some kind of mode that's specific for bedtime or something like that, or it can toggle focus modes or something. I don't know. Um, then that would be kind of cool. And, um, you know, 
that's not obviously going no, to be the case. I think that case. would be that that would that's where Apple needs to go with its chargers. I think that for a company that that does experiment with these these uh, methods of charging, when you think of say MagSafe on the Mac, uh, MagSafe on the iPhone, which is obviously completely different, um, and then the Apple Watch charger. Not only are these all kind of disconnected, and you sort of wish they were all a single experience, and that's that's a different discussion, but they're not providing something that is a unique first-party charging experience. I struggle to tell people why they need a MagSafe charger compared to just buying a low-cost charger. It, it, it's, it doesn't, to me, offer something that is substantially better, at least in terms of what Apple is offering. Now, when you get into what the third parties are offering, like Nomad or Belkin, that's where these things can be great, when they combine multiple devices um, and they, they look really good and they're weighted. And, and it just is strange that Apple has left so much of the MagSafe ecosystem to third parties and hasn't really delved into it very much itself. And where it has, they've been kind of strange products like the MagSafe battery pack, which struggles to make a lot of people very excited uh, for oh, obvious bad. reasons. It's, it's so bad. Yeah, it's for a lot of reasons. And I don't even know where MagSafe mine is wallet. at, if that helps you. I don't even know where it is. I have no idea and I don't ever plan to really go looking for it. And you've got you've had plenty of experiences with the MagSafe wallet. So, you know, that's that's another one that I do a, use that though, which is product. funny because I trash I it, it so much, but I just it is small. I use it, but I, it's just not I, I don't think it's the best uh, Apple accessory I've ever had. And I think it could be so much better. Um, there's another wallet that I just want to bring up. It's from Peak Design. And uh, I don't use it all the time, but I do like it when I travel and I need more than three cards um, because it is, it's MagSafe. It's very solid on there. It stays on very well, but it holds more than you know three cards. Maybe you can fit like five or six in there comfortably, and it has a kickstand. That's really cool. I, I, I like that. I don't know why. It's like you can yeah. stand your phone up, and then you can also use it as like a little pop socket thing. So I don't know. Well, I I know you trashed the uh, the the Belkin continuity camera mount in our last episode. Oh, but yeah. that is a perfect example of an accessory that that really should have come from Apple. It's mm -hmm. for their it's for their own feature, um, and the fit and finish of a lot of these devices uh, of these accessories is quite it, it's it's good, um, and you it could be a first party accessory. It's just disappointing that Apple sort of set up this ecosystem and yet hasn't really offered anything itself and where it has um i think they've they've provided a pretty lackluster experience um you know i don't know if you ever used it but they they actually came out with a magsafe configurator when they brought it out on the iphone 12 and it was like the apple watch uh configurator where you could choose your band choose your case choose your case size and you could see how it all looked together and they did this for magsafe accessories and I always thought this is a this is a really weird thing considering you can basically only choose a case and maybe a wallet. So what what exactly are you configuring here? And I thought, well, surely they're going to add more over time. And they've just got rid of the website. So why did they even build it in the first place? <laughs> they must have built it using like Squarespace or something, like in like a couple minutes, and then we're like, ah, oh, I guess no, we it don't. Was, it was it. honestly, it was so it was such like a polished thing. It was all animated weird. 3D and. And and so it was so ready to have more assets loaded into it, um, and I just I don't know I, I I like MagSafe I use it every day but things seeing this this unreleased charger it just kind of makes me think if this is what if this is where the resources went why why was it not going even into something like that weighted Nomad charger or something like that yeah I I don't know I mean I get it we Apple does a lot already and I don't know that they want to do much more especially when it comes to accessories but then they end up doing some <laughs> it's just like you got to pick a lane pick a lane and what you want to stay in you know you don't have to try to do everything i don't know although again i would have liked to have seen something that looks nice and is first party but i guess that's not happening at least not right now i think it partially may have been because the the idea of the wired uh, i mean obviously all of these things are wired but i mean the the magsafe charger that you buy and it is just the puck and the cable that is a hard thing to convince a lot of people to buy um i think because you struggle yeah. to imagine where that's more useful than a lightning cable um, right so this might have been more interesting 
than than uh, than the the accessory that we we actually have, and maybe that's where it was originally being considered. The duo is not bad. I like that. It's very expensive for what it is, but I do like that it can fold and be pretty small, and then when on the go, I can I can charge multiple things. Like that's not a terrible product. I think it's terrible now. I don't think it was when they announced it, but I think it's terrible now and kind of outrageous that they still charge what they charge for it. When you Wait, consider is it, still, it, what is it like, one hundred and fifty bucks? Uh, I think it's one hundred and twenty-nine. Okay, that's um, still a lot. But I'm not one hundred percent sure. That's a lot considering that if you put uh, an iPhone 14 a Pro or 14 Pro Max on there, it won't lie flush because the cameras are too big. Um, the same with a 13 Pro Max, which is just ridiculous that Apple's own charger does not hold it flat. And then the other elephant in the room is fast charging on the Apple Watch, which obviously has been around since the Apple Watch Series 7. So we're now talking over a year. And both of the chargers that you're actually buying um, don't work properly with the device. They don't. I believe it's also not compatible with the Apple Watch Ultra. So uh... why, why is it still being sold? It's not no, officially compatible. I think I you, can, say, I you can think put it, it on there. Works. On the, yeah. It, it works, but you can't hinge it up because the Ultra is too big. No, you have to lay it So flat. it's, again, it's a strictly speaking compatibility issue. Yeah. Um, and obviously you can't lay it flat with uh, all almost all of the Ultra's bands, except the Ocean Band. Unless you take it off, yeah. I mean, that's what I had to do. So it's... Yeah, it's it's a whole it's a whole extra thing that it's it's an outdated accessory. Um, so I just they, they just need to they just need to update it, um, like they do so many of these accessories. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I stand firm in that. I think Apple should give up the accessories. I mean, if you want to make some cases, that's fine. But if you're gonna do it, don't like halfway do it like they're doing it right now where they're like oh we got to offer them something but it's not very good especially that you know mophie's been doing it for years just let mophie do the charging but like you don't you don't need to do that and they do work with with belkin um and they provide some interesting things like the continuity camera mount and so i suppose that does show where when they do work with third parties they can provide some interesting accessories um but i would say speaking of cases I do think Apple's cases are generally in a good place. Yeah, um, I, their cases fine. used to be so bad, but now uh, an Apple case is an essential for me when I buy a new iPhone. Yeah, I think they're they're some of the best cases out there. If you want something that still looks nice, feels nice, isn't too bulky, but still a little bit of a little bit of extra protection around the camera, a little bit of extra protection around the screen, I think they've they've kind of got the perfect balance. Color options are another are another issue, but we won't go down that road. I'm a crazy person and I go naked, but like. If I do want to put a case on it, I always put a case on for like the first week or two, uh, you know, of a new phone. And then I'm like, okay, I'm done with this. It just helps you get over that, get yeah. over that, that first sort of hurt of worrying yeah. about it. Once the first scratch happens on the front of my display, I'm like, all right, forget about it. It's over with. Oh, it's, it's fine. Who cares? Um, but yeah, if I do put a case on it, it is like 99% of the time an Apple case. Maybe a Nomad one here and there, but that's that's about it. Um, what about things that we've been talking about for what seems like eternity? And hopefully this is the time that it actually happens. Right. Are we, are we actually getting this, this stupid headset now? It's making me angry at a product. It's not the product's fault and I'm getting angry at it. So, uh, at WWDC 2023, that's, that's the, that's the rumor, right? Where have I heard well, that before? It, it, it looks... It looks like it because now we're hearing multiple reports about when the headset is going into mass production. So it's not just from one source. We're now hearing this um, from multiple sources based in Asia. So this is now not just uh, Ming-Chi Kuo, um, but this is also from Digitimes. And they are they are lining up on this um, sort of March um, production timeframe, sort of in the second quarter of next year. Um, for when this this product is actually going to go into mass production, but what this tells us is, it's Kuo says it's going to be announced before it goes into mass production, which would make sense because that's what happened with the Apple Watch. Um, Digitime suggests, I think, that it would be the following month in April. But either way, if it is entering production in say March and it takes them uh, a few months to ramp up as it does with the iPhone, which normally enters production in what, 
uh, August, July sort of time, that's going to be WWDC with it actually hitting shelves. Um, so it's got to be, in my opinion, I think um, Kuo is right, and it's got to be it's got to be announced on stage before they enter mass production, because otherwise we're going to just see all the leaked pictures, and Apple surely knows that. Well, if it's announced on stage before it goes into production, then the the timeline that I'm looking at here of it starting to be in March doesn't make any sense, right? How do you mean? Am I looking at this? I'm looking at this this article here, and it says mass production of Reality's headset set to begin in March of 2023, but WWDC is not until June. So how can they announce it beforehand and it, before it goes into production? So it would be uh, like the Apple Watch, where they announced the Apple Watch at uh, the iPhone event in where they unveiled the iPhone 6 in 2014. So uh, they, they showed off that, that video. It was the one more thing at the end of the event. Um, ah, so you see, like you say like, like a quick one more thing, and then they talk about it on stage at WWDC. Um, no, I, I think that they, they introduce it. So they don't tell you the, the pricing. They don't tell you um, a whole lot about the exact specs. They just provide you with like a 10-minute snapshot of here's what it looks like, here's what it will do. And then they will uh, actually allow you to pre-order it sometime after it goes into mass production um, so that they can manage expectations better. And then it actually hits shelves around WWDC. Um, yeah, it would I make sense for it to. The best of this. It would make so. So they usually do like like a dual announcement. Then they'll do that, and then they'll talk more about it. So they would talk more about it at WWDC, which would make sense because, I mean, we need to know about the OS. We need to know about what developers are going to do to be able to make their apps for it. Um, is that something that they'll allow? Probably some select few developers already do, you know, applications for it and test it out. Um, and then kind of show all the other developers at WWDC, hey, if you want to make an app for it, here's how you do it. Yeah, I mean, that that makes more sense. Okay, now I was a little confused on our own headline. I was about to make, who wrote this article? It's, Eric wrote the article. I was going to make Eric redo it. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, it's, to me, it seems like the one certainty we have about this device is that they are not going to announce it and show what it looks like for the first time, and then say it's available. You know, to order in, in uh, to order on that Friday, and then right, that right, arrives right. a week. No, that makes there's that going to be a long yes. gap. Yeah. Um, so just a quick little so talk about it, and then they'll dive more into it at a second event. Yeah. Okay. Um, and that's because that's what they did with the Apple Watch. Now I don't remember when the developer kit for the Apple Watch went out, um, but they've got to do that with this headset. Um, if anything, it will be more important with the headset than it was with the watch. Because the watch, you don't need any third-party apps to actually use the watch virtually to its full capabilities. But the headset, is it really going to have that many games and first-party applications that make it worth using straight out of the box that they can really rely on it having no third-party apps? Um, so they've got to release that developer framework a little earlier. So the rumored price, right, isn't it like, Two to three thousand dollars, isn't like that the range? Yeah, about about around three thousand dollars, roughly. Are we looking at a Mac Studio type mirage here, where we all thought this Mac Studio was going to be like six or seven thousand starting off, and then they were like, "You can get it for what? What's the base price? Like fourteen ninety nine for the Max?" Yeah. And then like a little over something I don't know, it wasn't that bad for the ultra and we were all like whoa that's a crazy good deal and even with the ultra the apple watch uh ultra we were thinking that was rumored to be well over a thousand dollars and then they're like it's 7.99 and we're like wow what a great deal if this doesn't do that much more than a MetaQuest pro and they expect it to be two times the price this is not going to end well it has to be in but that competitive that price point I don't think it does need to be a competitive product. I think it needs to be technically competitive, but they don't actually need to sell many of them at all. Because the device is, is, is as far as we know, it will be a basically like a developer kit. It's like not going to be concept. meant for... Yeah, and so they... Because they need to do this at some point. Like The reality is that Apple doesn't even want 
the future to be with these headsets. They want it to be with augmented reality glasses, but they can't go straight to augmented reality glasses because the technology isn't ready. So they've got to build reality OS and they've got to get people used to um, used to using these sorts of devices and iterating on these technologies and you know preparing the infrastructure to just get prescription lenses. All of this stuff will take so much time um, yeah. that they've got to kind of release the product to get started with, which is unusual because with other products like the iPad, they could just release an iPad. But you consider even the iPad was based on an iPhone. It was running iOS, um, whereas this is a completely new operating system. So it, because it's a kind of stopgap device, um, it's something that they don't need to sell a whole lot of. They want it to be something that is an aspirational product, um, something that maybe they don't want that many people to actually use, um, but they want a lot of people to aspire to have so that when they release slimmer and lighter versions in the subsequent years, which we already know they're working on, and that comes down in price, um, it's a much more finished product. So like a Google Glass situation where that was not meant for everyone, but a few nerds and then developers bought some to see what they can do with it. Unfortunately, that did not make it, but maybe. No, well, I, I think that's a great example um, yeah. in terms of how they're, they're imagining it. Uh, I ap Hopefully, Apple is not like Google and just I mean, they're not interesting concepts. That they're not. So. Google does that, though. They have so many cool things that they talk about and then like, it's like we don't get it or we get it later and it's not nearly as good or someone else already did that. Like this new tablet that they got, you know, the the Pixel tablet kind of look like whatever. Yeah. It's not that big of a deal. And then they're like, oh, but here's this dock that you can drop it on. And now it becomes a like a Nest Hub home or whatever, like a smart display that you can use around your house. And I'm like, ah, see, now that becomes more useful because not everyone uses a tablet 24-7. But we do use a tablet and, you know, maybe a smart home display quite a bit around your house and then it just becomes far more useful so yeah i mean hopefully they they build upon that i mean i i feel like apple wouldn't just waste years of of its life to do something like this uh and not plan to develop on it further but you never know it's very possible that that could happen well i think that what's more interesting about apple's situation with this product is that every other platform has been uh, and every other even every other product has been lining up in preparation for this device for years at this point um, in a way that isn't completely obvious so you think of things like uh, the lidar scanner that came to the ipad pro and then the iphone no one really uses those um, but it's to get developers uh, as in the average person doesn't really use them but it's to get developers ready for it it's to build a more um, solid bedrock under um, AR kit um, to even just get the supply chains ready for mass producing enormous numbers of LiDAR scanners. Then think of things like spatial audio. Spatial audio is not that useful on the iPhone, but on a headset, it would be incredibly useful. Memoji is, a, is another one, um, you know, going completely the other direction and into software. Not many people are, uh, are using Memoji stickers right now, but when that's what you're relying on in a, in a headset for communication, suddenly that's that's a lot more worth it so th there's a lot of these um technologies that have been sort of simmering in the background across all platforms and that's that's why this device should be um, and we hope it will be uh, a much more complete experience and also it will be familiar so when you see spatial audio or when you see uh memoji or you know they tell you it's got three LiDAR scanners on it or whatever it will actually have. You know what those things are because you've seen them before, you've got used to using them. So I think that all that all kind of plays into it. I Okay, so I, I'm, I'm looking at this more information like about, you know, what kind of what kind of apps can we expect to see and like what kind of features can we expect to see? And like, you know, you, you were saying that they were doing stuff in preparation for years. Uh, SharePlay, I'm looking at that. That comes to mind. That makes a lot of sense on a headset. Um, that's going to be something I hope we can do. Like if you are on your phone watching something and I was on my headset, or would it be two people have to have a headset? Because that's where I feel like you're going to start to limit yourself. Because th those people who do buy it, let's say a thousand people buy it, and I hope it's more than that, but let's just say a thousand people buy this headset. 
uh, what are the odds you're going to have a friend within that thousand group, you know, people that can use that you can use some of these features with that would make it more exciting? Because um, I, I think it would be kind of cool if like I can watch TV in my own house, uh, watch a movie with a friend, and we can chat about it and, you know, have a headset and a real like good experience. And also with that, I'm curious to see how, like, I don't know about you, but with me. VR headsets make me kind of ill after a while of using it or just like not ill, but like my head starts to feel weird and like you can't wear it for super long periods of time. I don't want to spend my you know entire night sitting there and then I take it off and I've got a massive headache. So I, it would be cool if like they can figure out a way to make this not be like that um, because I could see binging some Apple TV shows uh, and uh, watching it on your on your new glasses with an incredible display apparently that's going to be there um and then the spatial audio which by the way what's happening with audio for that would that work with your airpods then or we haven't actually heard anything about built-in audio on the device so unlike oculus maybe it just won't won't have that um it, it, it possibly will just entirely rely on airports but realistically if you're buying this device there's no oh, way that you... you're buying a three thousand dollar apple headset and you don't have some airports and then you got to buy well Okay, well, sure, that is a good, that is a good uh, point. But counterpoint, imagine if you don't, and imagine if you're just really into VR, and you're like, all right, I'm going to do it. I want to buy this. This looks cool. I want to be on the cutting edge. You've just spent $3,000, and now you need to go out and spend another $250 at most for in-ear AirPods on top of that. Like, Well, that would not surprise me. That's a real me. kick. But, if, but again, me. if you are spending $3,000 on a on a glorified proof of concept then you deserve to have to spend an extra 250 <laughs> i'll be one well, of those people i think but... oh yeah so 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 would i and it's it's going to be so interesting to see just how widespread they are because i think people have got used to kind of being apathetic about ar and vr at this point nothing really excites people even when there is new hardware like um uh what is what is the most recent uh meta headset it's the quest quest pro um, I've tried it, and it was it was an interesting step up. From it, the, the, it was so much better balanced with the weight. Um, I did definitely feel less sick using it as well. Oh, really? Um, there was a lot that was a much better experience. The the hand tracking was a, a good experience. That was a little strange to see your hands moving in the three D space properly. There was a lot I liked about it. It didn't sell me on uh, AR VR, um, and I will never use it again. Um, but well, it's. It, well, go ahead, I was go just ahead, gonna go say, well, what about that? What about what sold me is I saw, I believe it was MKBHD Marquez. He uh, he had a video that he put out on social media that was like uh, showing him use his MacBook, and then when he put the MetaQuest yeah. Pro on, he had two additional external monitors and like could use yeah. his Mac and like put Windows on like that. That is cool. And if we can do that with these glasses, which yeah. I'm guessing that's going to be something you'll be able to do. Uh, that's kind of a game changer, right? See, I I tried that um, with the uh, with the Quest Pro, and my takeaway from it was it was it was good, but because you're aware that you're in a virtual environment, um, it feels weirdly uncomfortable. And if I actually was trying to get any work done, um, I, I I think it's I just prefer to be in the real world. <laughs> because you are aware that it's just pixels it's not and it you feel weirdly claustrophobic you're wearing this big like rubber thing like it's not that's not a way that you actually think you know i need to get some work done today in, you know in your case if you're going to be editing some videos and, and if that takes a couple of hours are you really going to think what i really want is just to just to be enclosed in just like rubber this... and plastic for the next three hours so where i'm thinking of a very specific use case for that would be like on a train or on a plane uh, if you really yeah. wanted, like, you know, to maximize your your real estate and not, you know, you've seen people on planes bring, like, full-on IMAX and then use the in-seat charging. Like, yeah. if you don't want to be that guy, but you want more screens, you could, in theory, put this headset on. And, uh, oh, that's another yeah. good good use case, by the way. Just watching movies and videos on a headset and not have to bring a tablet. Um, because think about it. You can, like like, relax and sit back. And, and watch the movie and you don't have to be like like looking down the whole time for four hours at a time uh 
So I don't know. I'm just I'm just I'm, I'm imagining ways no, that I, I would think, use I think, this. I, I think that it's definitely useful, um, and it, it definitely actually proves a bit of a better use case for these sorts of devices. Um, I just remain unconvinced about actually using it in your home for working for like an eight-hour day, or if you were, or if you go to your office, can you seriously imagine putting on a headset for half the day, stopping for lunch, and then just continuing for another four hours? It, it it's because the, the it does still not look like the real world. You're still aware that you're yeah. looking at a screen, um, and that that feels uncomfortable anyway. I mean, it's not good for your eyes anyway. Uh, that we, we all we all all of us already spend too long looking at screens before it starts damaging your eyes. I think it's about twenty minutes before it starts causing eye strain looking at a screen. So everyone that uses um, devices should take a break and look at something 20 feet away for 20 seconds every 20 minutes. Now, most of us don't do that. I know I don't. So having a headset on for hours is going to just make that even even worse. I'm not even doing that right now. I've been looking at this screen, looking at you this whole time, and it's yeah. been 41 minutes. So yeah. maybe, hold on, give me 20 seconds. I'm going to look out this window. <laughs> um, this this no, is the issue. Um, yeah. And I don't know how, how Apple's going to be able to, to sell this vision slightly differently because... Um, Meta's vision uh, does not entice me. It's interesting, and if I had one um, myself, I would use it occasionally uh, just for the for it to play a game. Or yeah, it's just it's a gimmick. It's not a daily a daily use tool. Now, can Apple make this something to, you want to use in your daily life? Maybe by the time it's in glasses, where you're a lot more aware of your surroundings, and it just kind of layers things on top of your daily life. Um, that's where maybe it does get more interesting. But I, I accept they've got to take this stepping stone first. What's the significance? So I, I, I've used Meta, the first Meta, I think when it was Oculus. Um, I used it for like an hour. And it was fine. It was fun. I played a game or two. And that was it. I've not used one since. I know very little about them because I haven't used them. So you know, I haven't really been researching them a whole lot. What are the main differences between the MetaQuest and the MetaQuest Pro for that substantial $1,300 price increase? Um, I'm not 100% sure of all the differences because I don't, I don't pay much attention to all the, uh, yeah. the specs of anything outside the Apple world, but I think it's something along the lines of it's got downward-facing cameras that monitor your um, body and your hands, so those can be represented in the virtual environment. Got it. Um, I think it also has eye tracking, which means that it can present higher fidelity graphics directly in your field of view. Um, and I don't know if that's represented on your your virtual avatars. Um, the, it's got a, a better display, so it's a it's a higher quality um, uh, experience, slightly higher resolution. And the other thing that I thought was a little strange with it is it sits kind of slightly further out from your cheeks, which means you can actually see out under the bottom of the headset. Oh. Um, and also the battery is mounted on the back, which means that it's got like a 50-50 weight ratio. So uh, it doesn't kind of, as a lot of headsets do, where they kind of pull your Bring head it down. down. Yeah, uh, yeah. This, this is a lot more evenly balanced. So it, it was definitely the best uh, AR VR experience I've had. Oh, yeah. But it, it's, it, it just, the, the whole concept of how this is actually useful um, outside of gaming I, I am not. I'm not sold on it. And even if I was on a flight, um, trying to watch a movie, I don't think I would choose to watch it on a headset because I, I don't think I like the the. Why am I putting pixels that are projecting light into my eyes in my periphery when I, they just? I don't need that. I, yeah. I, like the, the 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 movie itself is not in 360 degrees, right? So it's not really enhancing my experience. Um, I, don't, I, I think these are the questions that Apple's got to answer to some extent. I feel. I think I'm 100% on board with seeing what this, you know, is all about and trying it out. I would even like to try a MetaQuest Pro, honestly, so I can know what it's like beforehand. I think I'm going to do that. I'll try to find one here. Um, but like, it's so much more. It's so much more reasonable for me to like. I can drop two hundred dollars, two ninety nine, on a MetaQuest and. You know, if I use it for a couple of days and then I'm done with it, well, it's a waste. But it's a much less—it's much less of a waste and impact on me than fifteen hundred dollars. And then if we start to look at Apple, three thousand. Which again, if they're mass 
production is not something that they want or they're expecting, that's fine. The glasses, on the other hand, what would you price those out? Like in the future, when we get to, you know, Google Glass type AR glasses, that's what I'm envisioning is the main goal. Um, what are those going to be at? And then is that going to take the place of your phone? Because that would be different. Then you're like, okay, well, I can take out $1,000 for my phone and add that there if that's going to take the place of it. Or is it something that is just kind of another accessory like your Apple Watch? I think the long-term goal is to replace the iPhone. Um, so it, 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 it has to be able to command those sorts of prices. And also you think if it's more powerful than a Mac and contains a lot more advanced hardware that's produced in smaller quantities. I mean, I don't know. I think this device expects to have something like 13 cameras. And then you consider that it's got eye tracking and also iris scanning for authentication and payments. Um, it's got uh, micro OLED displays. You're talking pretty much the, the cutting edge of te consumer technology. So that will come um, at a hefty price. Well, the, the uh, VR, AR headset, I, sure. That makes, I mean, it doesn't make sense, but I, I get it. They're putting a lot of stuff into it. But like then when you get to just regular VR or AR glasses, which as you said is the goal in the future, you're, you're going to inevitably need to strip a lot of that out. So would the price be stripped out too or no? I imagine it would be when they first come out, I would have thought they would be a similar price because ultimately they will be in a new and more appealing form factor. To be able to have glasses that should be, theoretically, relatively discreet. And if you've been used to it, like say, say, so say it's 2025 and we're, we're talking about this, we're recording a, you know, episode 500 of this podcast and we're talking about uh, what to expect from what will be so appealing about these glasses. By that time, we will have been used to wearing these bulky, sure. comparatively bulky ski goggles. So to have something that is just uh, just glasses with two arms that you just fold in and out, that itself will be appealing enough to be able to command the, the same price. I mean, imagine if they stand on stage in, in 2026 and they say uh, the, the AR glasses are available at the same price as Reality Pro. Yeah. Then everyone will think it's a great deal. So here, this is all just so fascinating to me when you really like sit down and talk about it and like start to think about things because like if it's going to really replace an iPhone, then how are we taking pictures? Is technology really going to be that much better in two, two years where you can fit a really good camera inside of your glasses and take a picture that way? Because I feel like the quality will suffer. Look at, I mean, look at the size and how many cameras we have on this thing. What are they going to do? On I mean, this, I, I'm sure they'll figure it out, but this is just all the stuff in my mind where I'm starting to think, like, how could it possibly replace an iPhone? I, I think it's what, what um, Kuo has said is that it's, it's basically in, inside Apple, they're imagining it to be like a 10-year plan. So they've got, a, say they do annual iterations of this device, which is what we're expecting. They have got 10 versions of this headset to replace the iPhone or to get it at the point where it could. Now, you think of how much the iPhone progressed between 2007 to 2017. You go from the original iPhone, which has a 3.5-inch display. Um, it doesn't even have an app store. And then you go to the iPhone X with its all-screen design, two cameras on the back. I mean, it's a, it, you, you would, they're, they're almost unrecognizable other than the fact they've both sure. got you know, square icons on the home screen. So in headset terms, it's, it effectively can be the same journey. Um, and even if you don't want to fully replace the your iPhone with the headset 10 years down the line. So what would that be, uh, 2033? Um, yeah. It may be something that you voluntarily choose to do in the same way that theoretically right now, an Apple Watch could replace your iPhone. You can use it without an iPhone with things like family setup. Um, you don't necessarily want to do that at this point, but you can imagine a future in which you buy sure. your Apple Watch Ultra and you just don't need a, an iPhone if you've got your iPad you know, it just may not be necessary. Yeah, it's not like Apple's like, all right, here's our headset. Now, no more iPhones yeah. ever, and none of them are ever going to work again. Like, I get I get that. But, like, that's what we all think about immediately. We're like, well, I'll know. What am I going to do without my phone it, with these glasses? It surely can't do everything that I want it to do, but eventually it will. And if you want to make that, you know, that I'm going to be spending $3,000 you know a year on headsets for the next 10 years. That's wild. We will. It will be. It will be 
our generations will be the ones that are you know we'll be in the in the nursing home clinging to our phones because uh, we don't want to we don't want to give them up and it will be it will be subsequent generations that just just stick with the just stick with the headset they don't need the phones like how the current like how the current older generation still like i know people that still use flip phones like they're the ones like i'm going to use yeah. this until i die and uh, yeah, that's gonna be me. Yeah, I'm not getting rid it. of my iPhone 14. It. it was the best one. <laughs> <laughs> but they could uh, they could even get us used to uh, cameras. You know, if if the first headset, if the first glasses, say, just have little kind of like the uh, like the the Meta Ray Bans, just have little or the, like the Snapchat glasses, just have little 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 uh, circles on the on the outer edges for for your cameras. Apple grew the grew the camera slowly on the on the iPhone, so you can't imagine in ten years time you've <laughs> got like, like two big squares. I was say, I'm expecting like add on attachments where they just put lenses on your eyes, <laughs> just like it looks like you have binoculars on, <laughs> just taking pictures. That's how they that's how they do it. They do it gradually. They do it. I, yeah. I, I honestly, this this is how this is how it will happen. Have you seen um, the, the? I just hope they they look good. I think it's Xiaomi or Oppo, one of those companies, um, did a proof of concept. I, 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 I want to say it's Xiaomi. I don't. I, I could be wrong. Um, where the phone has like legit like lens, like a camera lens yeah, on I the back it. of it. Yeah, and I'm like sitting here like I would. I would buy that. Like I would yeah, consider. I think it's if, interesting. If it's gonna take a DSLR style, like if I can, if I can shoot this entire show without my cinema quote unquote camera in front of me, and just use my iPhone and then take that footage and just import it, you know, in the future very fast on my Mac, like that, that would be great. Yeah, I, I think that's kind of. I I hope that's where. Uh, the iPhone Pro cameras end up eventually, if not with detachable lenses, but the cameras themselves should have sensors that are big enough. You know, they're they're already you know completely oh, huge. I think yeah. that camera bump can get bigger. You know, I don't care at this point. Make it take up half the phone. I honestly don't care. If you want, if you don't want those cameras, then buy the entry, uh, buy the standard iPhone models. I think it's a good way to to delineate the two product lines. Although I, I can already hear people in the comments getting angry with me about that. Whatever. Someone's going to get angry about something. It's a good discussion. We don't need to be angry. We can just talk about it, you know? It's fine. Um, all right. Well, speaking of that, let us know what you all think about everything that we just talked about. This was kind of a mixed bag of things. But, like, you know, we're starting to hit that time of the year where there's not a lot of new, like, products or announcements coming out. So it's a lot of speculation season. Um but it's good speculation because it gives us something to look forward to. There's going to be a lot coming in 2023, just like there is every year. And so we got to take these months to kind of wind down and, and really dive into what we can expect to see. Uh, so, yeah, be sure to uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel if you're watching this. If you're listening, go ahead and follow us on whatever podcast platform you're listening to. And uh, we'll catch you guys in the next episode.